Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Reese's. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. The water shoots up and then it looks like he's slobbering uh, down into the lake and that's the story behind it. It's really kind of cool. The sign says don't get on the hog. But that's something for the critics to talk about. Y'all can't even ask a question. Look at this. The first time ever. Wow. I mean, I was ready for the question. I don't think y'all were, though. I got a text from Quavo. Wait, a lot of people in this room probably don't know who Quavo is. You notice I noticed that World Peace got waived from the Lakers. He still got $7.7 million. Did y'all read that? Such a, that's, and he's going to sign with the Knicks for probably another seven. Pretty good deal for World Peace. SEC Media Days is presented by First Security Bank. Bank better at First Security. And brought to you in part by UAMS and Kaufman by Design West. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. One hour down, two hours to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors broadcasting live from Nashville, Tennessee for SEC Media Days. Got Joe Franklin also live on location at the Genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open there. Having a great time, too. And know that uh, we're always excited to bring you guys a lot of great content throughout the entire week here media days but also a lot of fun happening out there in conway so joe i know uh we're going to have some uh, some more guests throughout the rest of the show and uh and going and what's going on out there but uh how's it looking so far and has the heat been turned up just a little bit more since you've arrived Okay, I guess we uh, we must have lost Joe Franklin. That's okay. We'll keep it moving, though. We'll keep it moving and uh, get some more details on that because right now we're joined by a very special guest here live from SEC Media Days as South Carolina's day was today. Got to hear from Shane Beamer and a few of the players, and he joins us live, I would say, in studio, but at least in the big hallway. <laughs> and the name is Chris Phillips of the Spurs up show. I want to say the correctly because you were talking about hey, 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 listen, we got to say the right, so yeah, there it is. Ohio so. State trademarked it, but uh, yeah, we are the Spurs up show. John, I appreciate you having me, man. How are you feeling after karaoke last night? Well, my voice is. <laughs> how's my voice sound? That you, should you be. Sound good. That should be the you, thing. You okay. sound really good. And honestly, you look great for the lack of sleep I know you've gotten this well, week well, as well. So. I know. I know. It's almost <laughs> like um, it's almost like I went back in time and said, all right, let's uh, let's get the. Uh, 22-year-old John Neighbors back out. And, and I, think, see how uh, it goes. I think SEC Mike, Michael Bratton, said you had the best tan at SEC Media Days, too. So, <laughs> I mean, you're catching all kinds of accolades this week. Yeah, I don't really know how to take all of it, though. <laughs> it's like some of them I'll wear with pride, but some of them I'll Probably I'm like, best dressed, oh, too. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I give you all the awards. Yeah, man. listen, what, I'll take whatever I can get because yeah. uh, I'll, I'll make a plaque for it later down yeah. the road. But it's uh, good, to, <laughs> good to see you in person, good to have you on, man. And I know, uh, of course, uh, you're all about uh, all things SEC and Media Days and. Uh, South Carolina and Arkansas used to play each other every yeah. single year back before Missouri and Texas A&M joined the conference. And they did play each other last year. Second game of the year, Arkansas was able to take care of business. But South Carolina was the ones that ended up with, uh, with a great end to the season and eight wins and felt like uh, a lot of things were going in the right direction. So it seems like to me, and of course we'll talk to you about this, that Shane Beamer and the excitement surrounding the program is I won't say all-time high, but it's definitely getting to a point where people are excited once again about South Carolina football. Yeah, John, and I'll say this first things first. I appreciate you having me on. It's great to link up with you in person now. Sure. Just a couple of weeks ago, I guess, we had just met and did the Arkansas preview for the 2023 season. But, uh, you know, you mentioned that game last year, too, and it's crazy. You think the Gamecocks go 8-4 and four in the regular season. Three of their four losses, when it was all said and done, came to teams that went 6-6. Six and six. And, and Arkansas was a team that I thought, certainly when the Gamecocks played Arkansas in Week 2, I mean, I remember the hype around Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks and K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, and that was a matchup that I hated even in the offseason, just from the sense of the physicality that Arkansas presented the Gamecocks having issues on the line of scrimmage. And I, and I think that's what showed. I don't even know if the game was really as close as that final score indicated. But, you know, like you said, man, I mean, South Carolina has shown an in the first two years of Shane Beamer, you know, they've started somewhat slow, 
But the characteristics of a well-coached football team is they get better as the season progresses. And, I mean, certainly, you know, the Gamecocks did that last year. Obviously, you know, putting the exclamation point in the final two weeks with the Tennessee and the Clemson victories and what Spencer Rattler did in those games. So, you know, you mentioned the hype meter for South Carolina going into the season. I I do think the hype is at an all-time high. I think you have to look back to... You know, fairly probably going into year three of Will Muschamp, maybe, but I feel like that was even different. I think you got to go back to the Steve Spurrier era going into the 2014 season when South Carolina was a preseason top ten team. I mean, I really feel like people believe in what Beamer's building, and obviously you heard him on the podium today, which I know we'll get into in a second, but he's mm-hmm. a guy that he's charismatic, he's he's full of energy, you know, he believes in South Carolina, believes in the program, he wants to be here, all that good stuff. And then this football team on the field, anytime you record, return your quarterback, similar to like what Arkansas is doing with, with K.J. Jefferson, you return a guy like Spencer Rattler, I mean, it gives you hope. It gives yeah. you hope what you can be offensively. And you got Juice Wells, who I think we could all argue is the best wide receiver in the SEC. I think he's going to be a preseason first team guy when the ballot comes out tomorrow. And then, you know, if they can shore some things up defensively, stopping the run. I mean, I think this is a team, doubt Shane Beamer at your own risk is what I'll say, because they've overachieved in the first two years, and with that over-under win total set at 6.5 by Vegas, I don't think there's any reason why they can't do that again. Well, looking at Shane Beamer, and that's that's kind of where I'm at, because you, you mentioned him going 6-6 six and six in his first year and then jumping up to 8-4. and four. Uh, I'm not saying that it's, it's a direct comparison, but... Uh, there is kind of a thing of almost like a, a Sam Pittman type deal where he got to Arkansas his first year, that was COVID, and you know, 10 SEC games. Uh, he won three SEC games when Arkansas had won three in the past like five seasons combined, it felt like. And then the next year he went nine and four, and then this past season went back in six and six. And I guess that that's kind of what I'm most interested about with Shane Beamer is last year was a weird one watching him because Arkansas, and it, like losing Arkansas in the beginning of the year, they were fully healthy, or at least a lot healthier. And at home, you know, no shame in that. And Georgia, I mean, they, they beat everybody. But then you go through and it's like, okay, they had a good win against Kentucky. and But then lose to Missouri at home. And then, <laughs> But they, they, they beat Vanderbilt. It's a close one. But then they get smoked by Florida. And then, But then they beat Tennessee and Clemson. Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm looking for out of Shane Beamer this year in South Carolina is, it, are, are we going to see the more consistent team yeah. that where instead of just having ups and downs, you know, can they start season strong by beating North Carolina? Can they go through and, you know, beat teams that they're, quote, supposed to mm-hmm. and also be competitive against teams that maybe they're not supposed to be? Yeah. That's my thing I'm waiting on. Well, and that word, consistency, I mean, that's been the word I feel like I've heard and talked about probably more than any word this offseason thus far. And I think there's a lot of teams, you know, you mentioned the games that you're supposed to win. I think there are a lot of fan bases of these middle-of-the-pack SEC teams that they feel like they're that's a game they're supposed to win. Like, South Carolina fans feel like, and I heard you talking about this with Mizzou, South Carolina fans feel like they're supposed to beat Mizzou on a yearly yeah. basis. Mizzou fans feel like they're supposed to beat South Carolina on a basis. Arkansas and Missouri have the same thing. And then there's Texas A&M, and then there's, you know, there's Florida, there's Tennessee, there's other middle-of-the-pack type of programs that they all feel that way. So I look at the Gamecocks this way, John, when right now I think their biggest issue and deficiency and the thing that they need to upgrade, which they are doing in recruiting, to get them to the next level is truly the line of scrimmage. And Shane Beamer showing a commitment to that, the way he's recruiting. But when you have some of the deficiencies that they have in the trenches, I think what it does, it creates those inconsistencies. And again, they're a lot like these are the middle of the pack teams where, you know, their A plus game, they can beat nearly anybody in this conference, right? We saw Mizzou almost beat Georgia last year when they yeah. played their best game. But if they're worst, they can lose to anyone, right? Georgia's a team, for example, or Alabama or LSU, what makes them so great is that they can play their C or C plus game and still win. Mm-hmm. When you're a middle of the pack team, you don't have that luxury. And you're not going to play your best every week. So I think that's where those inconsistencies are created. You know, we talk a lot about that with South Carolina. I think there's a lot of teams in the SEC, though, that consistency is their word. You know, for the Gamecocks, it'll be more about, I think, being consistent on the offensive side. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, man. How do you go from not scoring an offensive touchdown against a porous Florida defense to hanging 63 on Tennessee? Because at the end of the day, fans just want it to make sense or somewhat make sense. And I think we all do, too. And that leaves you truly scratching your head when you see that from one week to the next. So, you know, they're hoping, obviously, the addition of Dowell Loggins coming over from Arkansas as the OC. Uh, Spencer Rattler's return. Juice Wells, a little bit of continuity there, some added pieces. And, you know, they're hoping that spells for more consistency because it's just, you know, it can drive you crazy going from week one to week 13 with some of the inconsistencies we've seen. Speaking with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up show here live from SEC Media Days in Nashville, you mentioned Dowell Loggins. I wanted to get to yeah. you with that because not only did uh, South Carolina have the addition of Dow Loggins, but also a uh, Trey Knox at the tight end position that moved over there. Now, Dow Loggins is the guy who went to the University of Arkansas. Uh, he coached at the University of Arkansas. He played there. He uh, had some success in the NFL as being an offensive coordinator. But now that he's gone to South Carolina, 
Razorback fans were in, in a weird way with that because it's like they get it. You know, being an offense coordinator of an SEC school is much better than being the tight ends coach. But at the same time, it's like, how is that really going to work out? Because Dowell, and I, and I like Dowell, but it's like, they, you know, he have not really seen a great body of work of the offense in the college level, especially going from uh, average and then boom, when he comes in, then it's going to go. So what can Dowell Loggins provide to South Carolina to make that offense a lot more consistent and a lot better because they got a quarterback Spencer Rattler. He's very athletic. We know his abilities. But what can, what can he do to tweak it and to make it into an efficient offense? Well, the first thing going for Dowell Loggins is nobody can be worse than Marcus Satterfield. I, that's just it, right? I mean, literally Have nobody. you heard of Chad Morris? I, I have heard of Chad Morris. You know, it's funny. Ty Richardson also said that when I mentioned Marcus yeah. Satterfield. You, you guys have been through the ringer. I yeah, know, it's but, not like we uh, remember that or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been put through the ringer. But, I mean, you know, I, I think what you're going to see with them and, and what they're banking on leading to more consistency. You know, last year, what we heard from behind closed doors – it was these 15-word play calls. It was 22 personnel packages. And what happened at the end of the season after the Florida game, they were forced to make adjustments. Those personnel packages went from about 22 to 7. Mm. Those 15-word play calls, they were gone. And they said, hey, let's just go out and play ball. Things were shifted. Things were adjusted. And we see what happened with the results. So what they're hoping to do is take what they did in those final couple of games, carry it over now, and let's do it over the course of a full season and see what happens. And Dowell Loggins, he said all the right things at the introductory presser. He said, we're going to make it simple. We're going to get the ball in the hands of our playmakers. We're going to let Spencer Rattler go out there and, and play instead of think. I think it sounds like they're following the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Just mm-hmm. let them go out there and play. You can overthink this thing a little bit. And Marcus Satterfield was an NFL guy. Dowell Loggins, an NFL guy. So, you know, I, I want to believe, and I do believe, that Shane Beamer learned from that Marcus Satterfield experience. But any time, John, any time, and Gamecock fans are giving me a hard time for this because when Dowell Loggins was hired, I had mixed feelings on it because you look at the resume. I mean, this is a guy that was once labeled the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. You don't ever want to be labeled the worst at what you do. I don't care what level it's at, right? So, right. And Marcus Satterfield, when he was hired, the big question was, okay, he's never called a play at the Power 5 level. He's never called a play at the SEC level. Dowell Loggins has never called a play at the college level. And my biggest concern with Loggins is this. He's going to be an upgrade from Marcus Satterfield. How much, I don't know, but he's going to be an upgrade. But when you get late in a ball game and it's an in-game situation and it's situational play calling, do you have that instinct to dial those buttons and make that play call? And he's just never done it. It's something we're not going to know. So I'm optimistic that Dowell Loggins, again, he's going to be an upgrade. How much, we simply don't know. I think to call it anything, John, other than a question mark, though, is unfair. I think you're wearing garnet glasses if you want to sit here and blindly say, you know, he's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. He very well could. We just don't know. So I think the bigger issue, though, how does he scheme around that offensive line? How does he scheme around not having right now a true RB1? And there's no grace period, John. Like Normally it's like, okay, new OC, let's give him a couple. No, no, no. You got UNC off the jump, Georgia week three, and then you're off and rolling an SEC play. And this fan base, they want to win. They want to win right now. And you can't afford a slow start if you're going to have the type of season they want to have. What type of role is Trey Knox going to play on this team? Because Arkansas fans did not really like it when he left because he was he's been there for a while he was a had a great freshman year at wide receiver and then uh, the new offense came in and Pittman was hired and then they started kind of going with Traylon Burks which yeah, is a great athlete and they moved him to tight end and he found some success there but he seemed to be all in about Arkansas he never transferred once when changes happened when he got asked to move but then at this point is when he transferred out so I wouldn't say the Hawk fans are thinking that the season's going to take a step back because he left, but they certainly didn't want to leave and see him leave. How does South Carolina feel about him and the role that he can play on this offense? And I think Trey Knox, John, has a lot to prove. You, know, you look at him out there, he's a physical specimen. I mean, he, he looks the part, right? He, like, yeah. he wins when he gets off the bus. But, you know, I, I talked to our good buddy, Connor Regeer, about this, and he mentioned the stat that Trey Knox has not caught a touchdown against a Power 5 opponent since October of 2021. So, like, this isn't a guy that was exactly lighting it up, and I, I don't know that he really realized his full potential while he was in Fayetteville. So, But what role can he serve for South Carolina? I, I think he can be that safety valve for Spencer Rattler. I think when you look at Juice Wells, the question I have is, who's going to take the pressure off of Juice? Because mm-hmm. if, you only have, if you're a one-trick pony, you only have one play, defensive coordinators in the SEC, they're going to scheme up to that, right? Oh, they're yeah. going to take him out of the ball game. They're going to bracket him. They're going to double him. Whatever they got to do. And I say this with all due respect. 
I think Trey Knox is going to be what Gamecock fans hoped Austin Stogner was going to be, who went back to Oklahoma, right? Austin Stogner did not quite live up to the hype and expectations. That I think Trey Knox will be much more of that. I mean, I think, John, if he can be a four or 500-yard receiving guy, I think that would be a huge plus, huge positive. I think, again, he's going to be a guy that creates a mismatch problem with linebackers. Again, I'm, I'm preaching the choir. You guys know what Trey yep. Knox can do when you get him in space and get him in the right matchup. So, you know, from people I've talked to, including yourself and other, like improving his hands is one thing he probably needs to work on. Right. Uh, being a little bit better of a blocker is one thing to be a complete tight end. But, you know, you look at the physicality of the, a, a guy like this, I mean, there's no doubt he can help you. Again, I think he's a guy, you, you look for him on third downs, you look for him in space, and just someone to take that pressure off of Juice well so he can get more of those one-on-one matchups. And we're speaking with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up show here in Nashville at SEC Media Days. So, Chris, uh, I'm curious about this because, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, it's the rivalry. That's the rivalry week, and obviously South Carolina getting that win was huge this past year. Probably felt good for a lot of South Carolina <laughs> fans. But in conference play, does South Carolina have a rival? Is there a team that, you know, you want to be Georgia, of course, but it's right. like, is there a team that there's a little juice to that game and even a little bit more juice on the other side of it in conference play? So I'll speak for me personally. Like you, like you mentioned, Clemson's the number one rival. For sure. For sure. For me personally, I, I would put Georgia up there because I grew up in the CSRA, which is the Augusta, North Augusta, Aiken area in mm-hmm. South Carolina, which is right on the border of Georgia. And dealing with dog fans growing hmm. up, I hated Georgia more than Clemson yeah. growing up because of the ruthlessness. This was David Pollock, David Green, DJ Shockley, you know, Mark Rick teams or what have you. And they, they beat Carolina like a drum every year. So, you know, I, I look at that game, but I, I really feel like the game right now, if I had to put a number two behind Clemson for Gamecock fans, it's Tennessee, dude. I, Go to social media mm-hmm. and spend five minutes looking at Gamecock Twitter and Vol Twitter. I mean, it is ruthless going at each other's necks. So, and especially after what the Gamecocks did at Tennessee last season, you know, Josh Heupel gets the better of you in year one. That's turning into a, a really fun little rivalry. Um, you know, South Carolina Mizzou is another one where I mean, it's a rivalry because they beat you four in a row. I mean, how can yeah. you not hate Missouri at this point? So, I would say Tennessee though. You know, Georgia. It's it's not really possible to have a rivalry with someone who beats you year in year out. I mean, forty eight to seven last year. George right. is probably a a twenty six point favorite in the ball game this year. If we're being totally honest, so I think that game against Tennessee is the one. You talk about a game with extra juice. Yeah, I know from the Tennessee side, but the South Carolina side as well. There is a there's a real hatred between those two fan bases. Well, the reason I ask it is because of course Arkansas and South Carolina joined the SEC the same year, and. Arkansas left the Southwest Conference, had a lot of rivalries there. And then when Arkansas got put into the SEC, South Carolina was given their permanent East opponent just because it was made sense, you know, yeah. those two. And then they made LSU-Arkansas at the end of the year. Battle of the Golden Boot was there forever until Missouri joined, and they gave it to Missouri. And you mentioned about Missouri. There's a lot of similarities with Arkansas and Missouri <laughs> and South Carolina-Missouri that Arkansas feels like they should beat it more often than not, but they haven't. They, they yeah. just haven't for whatever reason. So it's not any sort of hatred there, but Arkansas just feels like it's always on its own little island in this conference where they don't have a, ri- a true rival in, out of the SEC. And so that's – I just am curious always with South Carolina team that they played all the time but don't anymore just because you know, rivalries matter in yeah. college. Right? I mean, South Carolina, Kentucky's even got juice, man, because, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I talk about Mizzou and – Mizzou has just become the new version of what the Kentucky streak was for South Carolina. You might recall, I mean, there was a time where Kentucky had beaten South Carolina five, six years in a row. And, I mean, when you're trying to build up your program, there are just certain games, certain teams. You know, We talk about SEC hierarchy. That matters, right? We talk about that all the time, though. Like, you cannot convince people you're a program on the up and up, challenging the elites, but you lose to Missouri every year. And yeah. Mizzou people aren't going to like to hear that, but guess what, Mizzou people? It's the reality. Like, yeah. you just cannot, you can't lose to Kentucky every year mm-hmm. and, and, and justify that, you know, we belong in that conversation. We belong at the big boy table. It's like, you don't, not until you're winning those games, at least more often than not, say seven or maybe even eight times a decade. Yeah, and, and that's my whole thing. And I know I, I can always spend time talking horribleness about teams I hate <laughs> in the SEC. But it's like, it's the same thing with uh, with Missouri. It's like, you know, uh, Arkansas had struggles. South Carolina's had struggles. Teams have struggles. But it's like, man, when you're giving your coach extension and raises and he's yet to have a winning season, yeah. like that's when it's like, I mean, what what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, like, and, I, and even with Mizzou, it dates back with Drinkwitz. So Eli Drinkwitz, they have a four-game losing streak to him as well. Yeah. This dates back to 2019 when he was at Appalachian oh, State and right. took him into yeah. Willie B and beat Will Muschamp's Gamecock. So, and also, Gamecock fans cannot stand having that losing streak, like you mentioned, to Eli Drinkwitz. Like, look at this guy. He's a goofball. Yeah. He's a dork. Like, yep. 
but he beats you like a like a drum every year. I know, and, and it's like, <laughs> and again, it's like people think that it's not giving them credit or anything. I have a lot of Missouri fans in my mentions yeah. the past few days because of that comment oh, I made on Michael here. Bratton. Yeah, but yeah. but I but like I said, if you are a coach, and you know, I don't I don't care for Eli Drink was even though he's got Arkansas connections, but it's like if you're a coach and you're lighting up a cigar, man, after going six and six, as if you comfort. <laughs> I mean, I just can't take you seriously yeah. because I I would ne- I would be infuriated if Sam Pittman. After going six and six last year, I don't care if they say if they were five and six heading into the Missouri game and they beat Missouri on the road and to go six and six and he's lighting up a cigar, I I I'd want to jump off a bridge because I'm like that's not the program I want to have happen. Where okay, big wins happen. Mm-hmm. One that's not a big win. If you do it after Alabama, that's great. Or if you do it when South Carolina beats Georgia, great. But to finish the year going six and six against another six and six team. Uh, that to me is just where it, it bothers me as as a competitive football. Th- there's a balance between celebrating the small victories and having a standard, right? I mean, right. I, I saw a tweet, and Tennessee fans will love this, but I think it was an Alabama guy that said, "When when Tennessee beats Alabama, it's a cause for celebration and lighting cigars, and when Alabama beats Tennessee, it's just another Saturday." <laughs> and I mean, it, but it's the difference. I mean, yeah. it really is though, and it's and it's an attitude shift, and it's a mindset shift, and you know, it's it's if you're a middle of the pack program, it's the shift that you want to make, right? I mean, you don't ever want to get to a point where and I challenge you with my audiences is like don't be miserable in the wins. Yeah. Right? Because it's a guarantee you'll be miserable when your team loses. For sure. So there's no point in being miserable and upset, even if your team plays bad or the scores of what you want, to be miserable in that as well. We can be critical, but like, you know, appreciate the wins when they come because you never know. You might not get as many of them as you hope. But it is a balance of elevating the standard, if you will. We have about a minute, less than a minute. So real quick, South Carolina, if you had the three permanent opponents like it's always been talking about in conference playing football, who are the three you want South Carolina to face off against? Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Will they get those three? You think it, you think that'll happen? I think it'll be Georgia, Florida, Kentucky. More than likely from what okay. I've seen. I'd rather play Tennessee on a yearly basis. I think that'd be a fun game. Yeah. Well, I think Arkansas is going to end up with Texas, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Ole Miss and Missouri. I think those are the three. Which Arkansas and Missouri, unfortunately, just, they're just stuck together. It's, it's just the way it is. Got accepted, unfortunately, that's the case. But... Hey, it's uh, going to be fun to see the future of where these SEC programs end up. Chris Phillips of the Spurs Show, uh, Spurs Up Show. You can follow him on Twitter at the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you coming on. Good meeting you in person, man, and safe travels back home, man. We'll John, catch up with you. Man. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. We got a lot more out of bounds coming up next live from SEC Media Days here in Nashville, as well as Joe Franklin out there at the Genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open. You won't want to miss it. So stay tuned here on Out of Bounds. Tune in every Friday morning to hear Danny West from Hogsports.com on Morning Mayhem. Brought to you by H.J. Trailer Sales. They've got truck beds and utility trailers for every type of job and a service facility for maintenance and repair. Local folks with great products, visit them online at HJTrailerSales.com or in person at 808 Albert Pike in Hot Springs. Sports Center. Arkansas took the stage at SEC Media Days yesterday. Sam Pittman talked about many things, including the rivalry with Missouri. That's our rivalry. You know, I know to our fans, I think it's Texas probably, even though we played them a couple years ago, but not regularly, or LSU. But I respect the program, Missouri, but obviously we're on the short end of, since I've been there, we're on the short, we're one out of one and two, and uh, we've got to try as hard as we can to get that fixed. SC Media Days wraps up today with Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Tennessee taking the stage. Stay tuned to the buzz for all your updates from Nashville. And the Arkansas Travelers won last night's game against the Springfield Cardinals 5-4. to They'll be back in action again tonight at 7.05. Courage for that game can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. At Jones & Son, when you shop for an engaged ring, you get the benefit of shopping with the largest selection of rings in central Arkansas. We also carry the biggest brands in the business and now offer our new Jones & Son collection of branded engagement rings. Our Jones & Son rings are high quality at a really great price. Also, they are fully customizable and we can modify any design to suit your needs. We are a direct diamond importer and import all of our diamonds so we save you money. Hi, I'm Jacob Jones inviting you to shop Jones & Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry in West Little Rock. 
It's just an acre for Coffin by Design West. Shop with the local folks and get exactly what you want. You can also shop from the convenience of your own home by going to KauffmanLumber.com. There's an online store with over 800,000 items in inventory that can be delivered straight to your front door. Items in inventory include everything from hardware to housewares, heating and cooling supplies, lawn and garden tools, sporting goods, store and office supplies, and there's a huge range of products in each area available. So go by their store in West Little Rock at 14900 Cantwell Road or do your shopping online at KauffmanLumber.com. From 67167, it's Billy and Bubba, the Freeway Boys. Well, Billy, we're back working by Guatney Chevrolet. Well, until AI takes our jobs, AI ain't gonna shovel this gravel. I guess it could take the boss's job. Billy, AI is not designed to be useless. You don't need AI to find the best deals on new Chevrolets. Right now at Guatney, get brand new 2023 Silverados up to 7000 off MSRP and rates as low as 1.9%. Plus, 2023 Equinox at 1.9% or an optional 1250 cash back. Come see us at Guatney and avoid all traffic and construction. Northbound on 67, take the Main Street exit in Jacksonville. Right on Main and left on Bailey to our front door. Find new roads to Guatney Chevrolet. 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville. Call 501-982-2102. GuatneyChevrolet.com. All offers with approved credit. Stock number 24505. After I drop the kids off, I have to run across town for a meeting, hit the gym during lunch, Jake has soccer tonight, and Emily has... Gymnastics? Oh, did I turn on the Crock-Pot this morning? (laughs) With a never-ending to-do list, it's easy to forget something important, like setting up a life insurance plan with Shelter Insurance. Your local shelter agent can show you how to create a safety net for your family. Shelter Life Insurance Company, Columbia, Missouri. For a free insurance review, see Shelter Agent Jeff Hodge or Jay Helm in Little Rock or Bo Beavis in Cabot. Hey folks, Wild Bill here with Magic Mark at Motorsports Authority in Hot Springs and Russellville. Folks, we're kicking off our third annual Sizzling Summer sell-off, and my goodness, do we have the inventory. That's right, Bill. We've got the best inventory we've ever had. Not going to last long. Terrains, rogues, forerunners, pilots, escapes. And don't forget, we say yes. Come see us. We've got plenty of financing options for you to get you in the vehicle of your dreams. And if you can't make it to one of our locations, you can always visit us online at msastore.com. There's only one place to stop for the best in meats in Central Arkansas. It's Hogs Meat Market. Check out their monthly package deals of the best Best meats online at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. How does Sam Pittman celebrate being bull eligible? Well, I believe I'm going to have me old cold beer. <laughs> that's kind of what I like to do, you know. So. Do you need any company? Anybody want to come, but bring some, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank be you, wild, be baby. On 103.7 The Buzz. time to get the Twin Peaks for happy hour 2 to 7, later happy hour 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo starting as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online curbside or to go, courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Get a lunch combo for $7.99, but also during happy hour, they have great drink specials and apps for $2, 4 and $6.00. The Open Championship is going on now, so a great place to watch is at Twin Peaks. Of course, the Open takes place early in the morning, but they do have replays during the day. So get to Twin Peaks and watch all the sporting action going on. Women's World Cup tomorrow. It's going to be U.S. versus Vietnam. That's going to be at 8 o'clock. So great place to watch is Twin Peaks with any kind of soccer or any kind of sporting event. League's Cup. It's MLS taking on Liga Mex. They're going to play for the North American Championship. So that'll be something exciting also there at Twin Peaks. And combat sports, boxing, MMA, it's the best place to watch any of those. Out of Bounds is going to be at Twin Peaks tomorrow. So come by, say hi from 1 to 4, get your weekend started. Come by for a happy hour during Out of Bounds tomorrow. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. It is out of bounds as we are broadcasting live. Two different locations, but having twice the fun. John Neighbors here at SEC Media Days in Nashville. Got Joe Franklin out there at the genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open. 
as uh, Joe, it's a storming here, and uh, it seems like every other day here in Nashville, it's either been beautiful outside or major storms coming rolling in, so uh, it's that way here, but I know that uh, it's a beautiful, warm day out there uh, in the Conway uh, metro. Yeah, here at the Genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open, it is, uh, it is hot, but uh, players are playing through it, and the sun has come out. So when we first got here, it was a bit overcast, and they didn't have to. The heat was still there, but they didn't have to deal with the direct sun at the time. So it's been kind of off and on with that, but uh, they're, they're making the best of it, man, and playing some great golf. And we're going to talk to Elisa Rodriguez here shortly, so we'll see how, uh, how Elisa thinks the tournament is going so far and what her day has been like today and what it was like yesterday, so over the past couple of days. Yeah, it's going to be great to, to hear more about that. And since uh, we've been talking SEC Media Days, too, uh, went dive into a lot with South Carolina, Chris Phillips, in the previous segment, and, of course, talked a little Ole Miss uh, about Lane Kiffin in an earlier part. And, you know, Tennessee was also up to date with Josh Heifel. In fact, he just walked by in front of us a few seconds ago uh, with, like, a man on a mission. But, you know, they're a team that, man, you talk about having the highest of highs last season turning the page and getting to this next year it's like how do you one up that well i guess you go and win an sec title or win the sec championship but uh, it seems like the expectations are building rapidly there for josh heupel in tennessee and they're going to start expecting some really big things this season offensively they're loaded everybody knows what they bring to the table offensively and tennessee usually has some good defensive players in certain spots and that that's going to be the key to their success here over the next few years because we know how talented they are offensively and what Josh Heupel is as an offensive-minded coach, but their defense is going to be the difference in their team. Yeah, Milton, the new the quarterback that's going to be the guy this year, as we know, uh, a lot of expectations for him, and uh, Tennessee fans are excited about what he'll be able to bring to the table, which is rightfully so, because let's be honest, there's certain teams, certain systems in place, and I'm not using this as a system quarterback as some sort of insult or anything towards what Tennessee does, but it, it kind of goes along with certain coaches or at least certain styles. You're going to be able to count on one thing, and Joe, I think with Josh Heupel, and as long as he's the head coach, wherever he's at, whether it's a Tennessee or if he goes somewhere else, it doesn't matter. He's going to have good quarterback play. Will it be better some years than others? Of course it will, but... I'm with you. I have no problems even saying that the Tennessee offense is going to be just as potent as it was last season, assuming everyone stays healthy. But it's going to come down to can their defense take those next steps? Can they finally find ways to maybe be in those big games, whether it's against Georgia or Alabama, their two biggest opponents on the schedule? If they can find a way to beat both of them, uh, that's kind of the next step, which I know is a lot to ask. But they're in a good position and going in the right direction to where – uh, I may not bet on them to beat Georgia, but they can certainly play with them, be competitive against them, and maybe pull off a major upset against them, too. We're now joined by Elisa Rodriguez at the Genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open at Centennial Valley here in Conway. How are you, Elisa? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing good. So I was sitting here practicing on how to say your name because I'm <laughs> sure you hear it all kinds of ways, oh, but yes. it's Elisa. Elisa, yes. Okay. All right, good deal. So how was your round today? It was a lot better than yesterday. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't make anything for birdie yesterday. Today I finished at even, so hopefully we'll get within the cut line today. Is the course playing better for you on the front or back? Mm, I personally like the, how the front looks. Or no, how the back looks, but I'm playing the front better, so I'll take it. Okay. So you grew up in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Are there? Did you play any courses growing up that compare to Centennial? I mean, the course that I teach and play at is kind of tree-lined, so definitely some of the tee shots have been similar to what I play back in Austin, but the greens, this is more like Florida greens out here, so it's definitely a little different. And it has been warm the past couple of days, but being from Austin, I'm sure you're used to the heat also. Oh, yes, for sure. This is like a typical day in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so the Women's All-Pro Tour, how long have you been on the tour? This is my third year. Okay. All right. So um, uh, how, how's, it, how's it been so far? How's the experience been? This year's been great. Um, definitely gotten better over the years that I've been playing. Um, this year I've had, I think my best finish was fifth. 
fifth or seventh, something like that. So I, I've had a tup- couple top ten finishes, which was great. Um, but yeah, just I love this tour. I love the people that run it. It's great. We play great courses, so really fun tour to be on. Where'd you play college? UTEP in El Paso. And how long have you been playing golf? Um, oof, probably 15-ish years. I picked it up freshman year in high school. So kind of late to the game. Softball was my sport growing up, but ended up sticking with golf. What, what was it about golf that drew you in, though, at, at the point that you started playing? Was it was it somebody you watched or some somebody in your family that played? Um, so my uncle, my dad's older brother, Uncle Beto, he was really um, always a big golfer, him and his son. And so we kind of got into golf kind of as a joke because my uncle was like, oh, play golf with me. Like, it'd be cool for us to all go together as a family. So ended up picking it up like I said, freshman year in high school, and then just kind of stuck with it. And it's, like, such a cool game that, like, I can play with my dad, when my uncle, um, you know, when my mom, when we all get together, um, my mom and, you know, the other aunts go to the mall, and, you know, (laughs) me and the guys go to the golf course. (laughs) So your first experience was actually getting on the course and playing, or did you watch any growing up? Um, Honestly, I think I got thrown into, like, some summer camps where they're, like, one hour of golf. Um... At least that's what I remember. But like I said, growing up, like, I always played softball. Softball, basketball, everything besides golf. So golf wasn't even... Back then, golf is an old people sport to me. So I was like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How much time were you able to spend on the course outside of playing tournaments, but just kind of practicing on the craft and, and getting in some extra work? Um, well, I teach. So I teach at the golf course. And so... If I'm not teaching, I'm practicing. If I'm not practicing, I'm teaching. So be able to, I mostly teach juniors. So to kind of go out there, I, I like to do little games with them. We'll play, I'll play my seven-year-old for a bar candy. Um, so it's it's a good mix of both, practice and play. What what would you say is the strength of your, your game? What, what do you do best? What do you really do best and what do you like best about your game? I'd say my irons although they were struggling a little bit this week, but definitely my irons. I feel like if I'm hitting my irons good, everything's going to be close. Is the key to playing golf, we always hear it, your short game and, and being on, on the uh, tee and being able to putt well, being on the greens, being able to putt well, is it, would you agree with that or is there something else? I definitely think putting is a huge factor. Like if you can putt, you'll you'll be making the cut every week but i would say especially playing in this heat it's a mental game like if you're mentally tough and you can just keep grinding out there you'll you'll make the cut every day do you play the entire tour or do you play a certain number of events through the year um i just play as many as my schedule allows me to um i've been playing a mix of wapt and epson so it's just kind of if it fits in my schedule i tend to come yeah. out and play a- average how many tournaments do you play um, a year more than 10. 15? More than 10? 15 okay. Yeah, because, you know, saying that you teach, I'm sure that uh, you have certain obligations there mm-hmm. and you have to kind of work around it. Yeah, um, the course I teach at, the head pro is very flexible with me playing, so that's really cool that he just kind of lets me, whatever week I need to take off, he allows me to take off. Um, so I'm very lucky with the club I'm at. Is that home still in Austin or is it? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Born and raised. Oh, good deal. <laughs> Longhorn fan. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that in on the Arkansas radio. <laughs> yeah, my pro-am, every single one of them had a little Arkansas ball marker and I would flip it upside down. They're like, why are you doing that? I was like, I'm a UT fan. <laughs> <laughs> so you know about horns down and everybody oh, wants to yeah. mess with Texas and, and do horns down yeah. no matter where you are. <laughs> no matter where we are. Yeah, it doesn't matter if uh, it's a conference rival or just... Somebody just trying to throw it back yep. to Texas. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> well, Lisa, we appreciate you stopping by, and uh, we're crossing our fingers that you make a cut. Thank you. Me and, too. <laughs> and, yeah, we'd love to see you throughout the weekend and continue to play great golf. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. So Lisa Rodriguez here on the Women's All-Pro Tour, Genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open at Centennial Valley. And, uh, of course, is looking really good, so... We're, we're going to talk more about it and the things going on here at Centennial Valley here in Conway. Sounds like a great event. Folks, be out there. Be present. The mission is free, and it's going to be happening through the weekend. You can also visit centralarkansasopen.com for more information of the genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll get more of your phone calls and messages. We'll have a Razor Hog update. And don't forget, in the 3 o'clock hour, early part of the 3 o'clock hour, we're going to hear from Greg Sankey. 
the SEC commissioner, and we, we're going to talk to him about Arkansas. What he thinks about the Razorbacks and the program and also the fans. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned here on Out of Bounds. Life is better with football and with First Security. We have the resources and the know-how to tackle your needs, plus a local team you can count on. So you're making better plays because First Security is making better happen during this season and every season. What's your better? Get there with us. Stop by your local First Security banking center or visit us online at fsbank.com today. First Security. Bank better. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Every day... We do one thing, and we do it at the highest level. We formed Arkansas Urology more than 25 years ago, and ever since, our world-class team has gained experience and expertise in every aspect of urology. Today, you'll find our state-of-the-art facilities across Arkansas, where the latest technologies are used in innovative ways by skilled specialists who are dedicated to one thing, improving lives every day. Schedule your appointment at ArkansasUrology.com. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Marmel is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumelle at their huge new showroom on Maumelle Boulevard just off 430. Hey, this is Trey Johnson with HJ Trailer Sales in Hot Springs. The number one North Star truck bed dealer in the world. Plus, J&I truck beds, Warner truck beds, and RKI truck beds. Winches, brush guards, Kurt, B&W, gooseneck balls, fifth wheel hitches, receiver hitches, along with a full line of WeatherTech accessories. HJ Trailer Sales, 808 Albert Pike in Hot Springs. Find us on Facebook or online at hjtrailersales.com. If there's an accessory for your truck, we carry it at HJ Trailer Sales. Justin Acre for the Friday Zone, getting ready to wrap up the week in a big way with the final recap of SEC Media Days. Lane Kiffin and others speaking on Thursday. We'll recap it all on Friday, along with our buddy Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Have to shout out our friends at First Security Bank, as well as Coffin by Design West and UAMS Health for their coverage this week. Also, Philip Martin in to talk about Oppenheimer and Barbie, and the Pigskin Preacher will join us in the Zone on Friday, where sports and entertainment come crashing together. Difficult times challenge our mental and physical health. Take time to exercise. Focus on your emotional needs and your loved ones. If you need help, visit MethodistFamily.org. For over 120 years, MFH has been your community resource for a complete continuum of care. This message is sponsored by Methodist Family Health and aired in cooperation with this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. On 103.7 The Buzz.
It is out of bounds here on a Trash Talk Thursday. John Neighbors live from SEC Media Days here in Nashville. Joe Franklin live there in Conway at the genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open. Got Kyle Sutherland back in the Hogs Meat Market Studios as well. And we'll have Greg Sankey joining us on the other side of the break. Commissioner for the SEC. Get his thoughts and opinions and, of course, go through, I am sure, with all of the other news and headlines from SEC Media Days as we wrap up our trip here. And as a reminder, folks, we'll also be out live at Twin Peaks tomorrow in Little Rock. So come on out and see us, and uh, we'll have some fun with that, too. And always looking forward to our time over at Twin Peaks. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we'll have your Razor Hog update presented by True Service here very shortly. But uh, I did want to read this text. Uh, we got a few texts coming in, which appreciate everybody calling and texting in. 501-661-1037 is that number. But I uh, did have this text about from Stat, who we know Stat loves Trash Talk Thursday. And he says... Yes, he does. He's, he says, Lane is all about Lane. Talking about Kiffin. Everyone is now talking about Lane, the self-promoting dumb cluck hypocrites if the master along with Gus that he has master manipulating schools and openings to get a bigger paycheck let's put a cap on coaches salaries how do you think he would like that stat in Conway and and that goes to everyone saying there needs to be a cap on the athletes there's no cap on coaches so why would we put a cap on athletes and what they can make and remember once again these are endorsements this is what's coming in from off the field this has nothing to do with a salary that's in place for them. That's why you can't put a cap on it. Exactly right. Listen, the these schools, it, it, it's public. Like you want to know why everyone knows how much money coaches are making and how many years they're doing it for. Like, you want to know why? It's because of FOI, the Freedom of Information Act, that people can file and get because it's a public university that has to give that information. It's separate from what the NIL is. The school, the public domain, they're not paying the athletes. Uh, co- they're paying coaches, not the athletes. So that's also another reason why, you know, you want transparency, you want to open it up. Hey, how do we know what if coaches, we know how much they make. Why can't we make, know how much the players make? It's separate. It's completely different, separate entities going two different directions. Can't keep it that way. But uh, I, I laugh at anybody who says we should put a cap on anything when it comes to coaches' salaries or NILs or anything like that. It's just not going to happen, folks. It's not going to happen. It's about the market. It's about uh, looking at coaches' contracts especially and how much money they've been risen up over the years. It's just the way the business goes. I mean, Joe, even in professional leagues, like look at the NFL. What was it, uh, 20 years ago, uh, the league minimum was this amount, and then I look at it now, it's probably three, four times the amount that it was just 20 years ago. Everything increases over time. Oh, absolutely. Charles Barkley. Chuck was doing an interview the other day, and he said that thinking about what NBA players make in this day, uh, Dame Lillard, who's a guy that he, he's with the Trailblazers now, but he's trying to get to the Miami Heat. He wants to be traded. Here, he, this season, this upcoming season, he's going to make 40-plus mil. In the next couple of seasons, at one point, at the end of his contract, He's going to be 65-plus mil, and that's going to be for one season. And what Barkley was saying was he can remember the day of guys celebrating in the locker room when, whenever they realized that somebody was going to make $1 million per year. And they're jumping around and running around celebrating because, and celebrating the player that's on the team that's making a $1 million for that current season. Now we have guys making 50 mil per year. In the NBA, well, was that the same uh, time and quotes when we talked about that? If I was getting paid, how much uh, those guys are getting paid? I'd be showing up to games in spaceship. Is that what it is? Kind of the same thing. Uh, this was at when he was playing golf in the pro am this past weekend. Um, they were getting into some of the things going on with the NBA right now, and so he made those comments. But yeah, he's he stated something like that several times. Yeah, I've, I've, again, anything Chuck says. Uh, There's a lot of truth in what he says, and there's a lot of humor in what he says, and uh, that's definitely one of them. But, uh, yeah, keep those text messages coming in, folks, uh, because I know that uh, we've got a lot of different topics to cover today. And even though Arkansas went yesterday when it came to the SEC Media Day, which we discussed a lot, there's still some other things happening here 
in Razorback land. So let's do your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! Odds by Nangay! This is your Razor Hog update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog update, presented by True Service, we know that with SEC Media Days in Arkansas going yesterday, I got to hear a lot from Sam Pittman, Landon Jackson, KJ Jefferson, and Rocket Sanders, and uh, how they have an excitement uh, heading into next season. But uh, I will say that uh, one of the things I thought was pretty fascinating in talking about the uh, rivalry against Texas, which, again, Greg Sankey joining us on the other side. He'll, he'll dive into it a little bit more. But it certainly looks like the uh, Arkansas fans are excited about uh, the possibility of playing Texas, especially some of them with Texas ties, uh, and they want to keep that going. So good to know that at least the players are there in the mix of wanting uh, to take that rivalry and continuing it to move forward. But football's happening. Baseball still had some really big news yesterday as they added a commitment from left-handed pitcher Mason Molina. He pitched the last two seasons at Texas Tech. Became the Razorbacks' latest pledge from the NCAA transfer portal. He made the announcement on Twitter and on Instagram. He completed uh, his sophomore season and the same to the Big 12 All-Freshman Team in 2022. When he finished with a 2-5 and five record, 3.9 ERA, 71 strikeouts. And in 2023, he was Texas Tech's top arm. Uh, I know we got Kyle Sutherland back in the Hogsmeade Market Studios. And Kyle, uh, I know you follow a lot of these uh, high schools and you follow baseball and, and transfers, but uh, I know I certainly know that he was a, a big-time get for Arkansas that people were pretty excited about yesterday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It looks like he's pretty much going to be that third guy for the weekend, so definitely good to pick him up. Yeah, I was uh, seeing the left-hander, too that uh, Arkansas could always use a few more of those. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, they're still adding pieces to their roster, trying to keep it going, trying to find uh, if they can get the, the complete team. And anytime you can get pitchers, especially in that left-handed position, uh, I'm always going to be about it. I'm always going to be for it. So uh, but that's as far as the uh, Razor Hog update goes. You need more news? That's, uh, well, that's about it. But, hey, now that we're officially getting football season underway to move on to the real real thing. We'll be here before we know it. What is it, uh, Joe? Is it 44 days? 43 days? 44. 44. 44 days. So football season starts up for Arkansas. But hey, just because that's when the game is, doesn't mean we'll still have some uh, camps. Doesn't mean we have some news and some, some practices. All that fun stuff. That will be here very, very soon. We will take a top the hour update when we come back. We'll hear from Greg Sankey, the SEC Commissioner. And we'll also... Hear more from SEC Media Days as well as the Genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open where Joe Franklin is broadcasting live at as well. Third hour of Out of Bounds coming up next. You won't want to miss it, so you better stay tuned. From 67167, it's Billy and Bubba, the Freeway Boys. Well, Billy, we're back working by Guatney Chevrolet. Well, until AI takes our jobs, AI ain't gonna shovel this gravel. I guess it could take the boss's job. Billy, AI is not designed to be useless. You don't need AI to find the best deals on new Chevrolets. Right now at Guatney, get brand new 2023 Silverados. 